Hi everyone and a warm welcome to tomorrow's Tech Today, bringing you the latest in technology, talent, transformational change and of course tech as a force for good. I'm your host, Professor Sally Eaves, and today we're highlighting all things smart manufacturing, from seizing opportunities for growth through digital transformation to harnessing technology for greater resiliency, agility, and much more. We'll also be bringing to the fore fresh global insights from the latest and eighth annual edition of the State of Smart Manufacturing Report from Rockwell Automation in association with Sapio Research. So now to explore exactly this, I'm delighted to be joined by Becky Kelderman, Digital Transformation Executive at Rockwell Automation, which is the world's largest company dedicated to both industrial automation and digital transformation too. Welcome, Becky. Good morning. Good afternoon. Thanks, Sally. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, it's a beautiful day here in Kansas City, Missouri, and an even better day to talk about digital transformation and smart manufacturing. I love it. And it is literally a topic for around the world, isn't it? Absolutely. It's a slightly cooler day in London over here, but I, I think you're absolutely right. Some of the big topics of our time. So a very warm welcome to the show, Becky. It's brilliant, brilliant that you can join us. And for everyone today, what an amazing topic area we have too. Kind of three pillars, as I love to describe it as, that we're going to be drilling into. The first is all things, as Becky set up there, around digital transformation and how we can better seize opportunities for growth. Then we'll be diving into Rockwell's new report, the eighth annual state of smart manufacturing. And thirdly, we're moving on to how to harness technology better to give you better you know, resiliency and also agility. Again, I think kind of the two topics of our times that are really occurring in so many conversations right now. But Becky, maybe before we drill into that, you know, I'd like to find out a bit more about the person behind the tech, so to speak. What is the in the life for you look like right now and can you tell us a little bit more about your role as digital transformation executive at Rockwell? Sure Sally thanks. Um, so first of all my role as the digital transformation expert in the smart manufacturing domain expert team which is a mouthful of an organizational <laughs> structure um, is really diverse every day. Uh, primarily I support uh, what we call our discrete industry teams so that's our automotive, semiconductor, aerospace and defense manufacturing, high tech, warehouse and e-commerce sales teams to create a wider range of customer positioning and viewpoints. So basically, I worked with work with these teams to engage clients at this holistic level concerned around what we call the connected enterprise. Basically, we ask, what's the big picture? What do we need to understand? What do we need to present and how do we help our customers visualize their journey in digital transformation or their roadmap to smart manufacturing. So teaming with this group of our sales organization, we can create a new and fresh perspective on sometimes a not tired, but um, mythical term called digital transformation. I love that. I have a phrase about changing the narrative and I, and I love the way that you've done that and you need to reimagine something sometimes and communicate it in a different way. I think that's spot on when it comes to this topic. I totally agree with that. So let's drill into that a little bit more in terms of that topic of digital transformation and, and how we better seize those opportunities for growth. What are you seeing there in terms of some good examples of how we can leverage digital transformation better to achieve exactly that? Mm -hmm. Very great, great question. So number one, digital transformation isn't a thing. Like you can't go buy it. And sometimes it's really hard to wrap our head around the fact that it's a philosophy. It's a culture. It's a methodology to reinvent and optimize our business processes to ultimately achieve greater business benefits. 
So that's a philosophy, that's an approach. So how organizations are starting to um, leverage this digital transformation um, philosophy is really a couple of ways. Number one is you have to first take a human-centric approach to this data and this digital solution. Because so often we think about digital transformation as getting everything digital. It's really not the, the concept. It's about leveraging the data that you need to do a job or a task more efficiently. We look at systems sometimes rather than people. But when you look at automation, when you look at digital transformation, it's really about empowering people. It's empowering this human-centric approach so we ultimately understand what data, what technology we can leverage to achieve these business results. Another way that the organizations are leveraging digital transformation is really how to understand how to keep pace because we know technology is changing at such a rapid pace today. I mean, before people would be creating five-year roadmaps of their technology, and now you can't even go 18 months out in a, in a roadmap because it's changing so fast. So how can you make these small adjustments through your digital transformation journey that's gonna make the greatest impact? So the challenge is the longer you wait to take on digital transformation, the further and further behind you're gonna fall. So how do we take these incremental approaches? How do we understand what we need to tackle? How do we take on this 20 years of, of technology changes in such a short period of time? Really that evolution has happened in, in less than three years and remodel that business philosophy leading with digital transformation. So really understanding how do I keep pace and how do I keep my business on track through this journey is, is one of those places where organizations uh, need to really focus and, and understand how to leverage that, that DT uh, or digital transformation um, in their day-to-day -day business. I, I couldn't agree more, Becky. I love the fact that the way you describe that about digital transformation not being once and done, I think it's so true. And we see it in other areas too, like maybe zero trust security is an example as well. You can't just kind of burst something off a shelf install it and everything's fine it doesn't work that way and, and I love what you were saying as well about the holistic nature of digital mm -hmm. transformation too because yes it's about technology but it's also about people change it's about expectation and behavioral change it's the right change management approach it's the right skills uplift it's all those different elements coming together and being treated integrated but holistically absolutely mm -hmm. love that and I think it's also in terms of manufacturers as well in our kind of sector focus today, it's giving that kind of active intelligence through data, but also in the game with the right um, education too, empowering people with the agency to act on it. So I love that. And I think as we go into areas like ESG and the amount of change we have there and the governance implications too, yeah. it makes this even more important to, to get this right and to not let that gap grow as you were describing at the end there. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Excellent, excellent. And again, to, to help empower, using that word again, such an important one, to empower change in this area. Again, education, knowledge sharing, I think is so vital. So I'd love to kind of segue into our second topic, if I may. And that's about education and knowledge sharing in many ways and your new research. I think it takes us another level further into kind of the state of smart manufacturing where we are right now. So mm -hmm. I know Rockwell Automation recently published, so the eighth in a row. So again, I love the legacy of information to compare here. I really enjoy comparing the different years but one from this year 
um, that really caught my eye was the, the statement that one third of manufacturers are now feeling hampered. And the description was by technology paralysis. Really, really interesting one. What does that mean to you? What's your take on that research finding? And what do you think the audience here can, can learn from, from that perspective too, and where we can take that forward? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I kind of break it down in a couple of ways. So first of all, think about the last time you went car shopping or worse yet, worse yet, looking for a house. You know, you go and you look at three, four, five, and pretty soon they all look the same. And you're just overwhelmed with the features, the capabilities, the products. It's really the same thing with technology paralysis. It is so overwhelming out there in industry that we just freeze and we do nothing. And again, it brings into almost that whole, we fall further and further behind because of it. And so how do you harness that? How do you get off of that challenge of of doing nothing, of this paralysis? And the other interesting thing is we have this collision course of what's influencing our market from understanding how the new generation of of work and workforce and the shortage of them is going to impact our manufacturing and, and what do we need to change? Those sustainability goals that you just mentioned. Yes. How do we re- reshore um, these manufacturing facilities in the in the industries that I focus on? That's a big push is bringing manufacturing back in house, if you will. And so we have this this messy mix of all of these things that we need to think about more so than we ever have in the past in these manufacturing facilities. And so, of course, it's overwhelming. And I want to share a story with you. I had a CIO of a a manufacturing uh, company. They make um, vehicles for the the military come to me and say, "Okay, here's my problem. I know there's technology out there. I don't know what to do. But most importantly, I need to know what I can ignore. And so it was an interesting insight from her to say, "I I know my team needs to focus on these things. I know I need to start taking these approaches. But I need focus. I need to understand what I can move or where can I move the needle today? And in my particular industry, in my particular situation, what can I forget about and just ignore? And the other thing that is kind of interesting with that is then you get rid of or you're, I shouldn't say get rid of, you're you're eliminating the firefighting or this slashing that constantly has to happen as we have all these ideas that are generated, which are great ideas, But sometimes we're looking for a solution for technology rather than looking for a technology for a solution, if you know what I mean. So it's really understanding how is that key to success going to be. And when our business is moving at this erratic pace, we can focus then on what's the most meaningful part of that digital transformation um, journey. The other thing I really, really like that. Good, good. Um, the other I, thing say, I, I love want... that. Oh, Becky, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'll I, I, I edit this out in a minute. I, I've got a slight lag on the line, so it's difficult okay. to know when to come in, but I'll quickly give a little um, reply to that and then mm-hmm. hand back to you if that's okay. Mm-hmm. I just want to pick up on something you said because I thought it was really, really good if that's okay. I love that, Becky, honestly. I love that example and how it changed the narrative and talking about what you can ignore. It really hits the spot of so many a experiences I've been talking about and working with people on at the moment too, around, for example, tool sprawl is one example. It could be vendor sprawl. It could be a different technology sprawl. You have to make sure you're using it for the right purpose. Otherwise, you can have kind of 70 different versions of something. And you're actually increasing points of friction. You're increasing the risk of things like burnout that we're seeing a lot more of at the moment too. So many different areas. So I love the fact of helping people get granular what is actually going to be useful, relevant information at the right time and what mm-hmm. actually we can ignore. Cyber 
cybersecurity being a great example of that as well with the different threat levels of noise, et cetera, too. Fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. And, and the other thing Becky was going to mention as well, just drawing back to that report a little bit more, other findings I found really interesting too, looking at the impact of smart manufacturing technology is the fact it can go in so many different areas. Uh, and also there is different areas that are becoming more challenging that were coming forward from the report as well. So we mentioned a few of them as well as kind of getting that right data, right time, right role to really maximise those data insights. Um, but other areas that were coming to the fore as well was supply talent gaps around um, getting more people into the sector and keeping them there too. So the onboarding, but also retention, but also about management of risks and how to minimise them. Three tops areas from the report there for me were around supply chain, quality and cybersecurity. So I think, again, as a resource base, so much for organisations of all sizes to drill into there. Yeah, Sally, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, and again, it just comes back to that. There are so many things that our executives and our leadership has to think about day in and day out. And so how do you keep that vision? How do you keep that momentum going yet get that granular level so you are moving forward at at the right pace? And, you know, one of the things about the smart manufacturing report that I think is interesting is it it begs the question, we have to cultivate and create a different business model where we actually do throw everything out the window and start from a new perspective. And so when we talk about the, the key needs around the human, um, human experience and leveraging tools to make better decisions that's, that's very articulated or clearly articulated in, in the report, it's awesome. But again, we have to see technology, not because it's cool, and we're looking for a place to put it, but we have to understand how we can free that human experience to create the better outcomes. And it's a totally different way of thinking that that we can continue to help our leaders uh, understand really from the ground up as you see opportunities to harness and leverage uh, smart manufacturing or, or digital opportunities. Absolutely love that. I really do. And again, it, again, it's so important that, that education piece you were talking about, because again, so much change you know, across C-suite roles, frankly, in terms of areas we're now responsible for. And back to ESG, that often now sits under the office of CTO or CIO, which is fantastic. And again, it shows the power of technology there. So, so much change. That support is really, really vital. And also the storytelling around this as well to get more people involved and build confidence too. So love that. Really, really interesting. And you mentioned about harnessing technology there as well. So I'd love to drill into that a little bit more too, particularly around this point of how do you install better agility, that amber dexterity to all the different changes we've been talking about today, but also ensure better resiliency too. And it said in the report, again, one of the key findings was about the use of technology as basically the number one response to risk mitigate. What mm -hmm. do you think, kind of what's your take on that finding really, but more broadly about the role of digital transformation here in it helping to kind of reduce risk? Yeah, definitely. You know, we look at all the intelligence we have now to mitigate risk. We have hardened cybersecurity. We have RPAs. We have uh, augmented reality. We have um, artificial intelligence, machine learning, all this technology that we can leverage to help reduce risk, which, you know, risk, what I like about risk is it's calculated. It's a logical approach. Um, so really, it only makes sense that we use technology to help mitigate because it's that logical um, that logical approach and kind of that ones and zeros uh, philosophy. When, when we think about how we calculate risk every single day, um, you know, we evaluate the risk of your responses in this interview. We evaluate the, the risk of a positive or negative reaction. 
Um, when I first started in the manufacturing space about 20 years ago, um, I would help uh, engineers create a risk register for their processes. So as we're creating a new process, we talk about all the risks, we see the, the likelihood of it happening, and it's a document, and then it gets filed in a document management system, never to be seen again, and then <laughs> shut the door. What <laughs> happens? Yeah, <laughs> what happens? The risk happens. So, you know, when we think about digital transformation, you know, what if we took that simple document, that risk register and, and automated it? And it was a continuously learning thing. So, you know, sometimes I think we we take on this idea of all of these tools and technologies that are going to help us. And we know they're going to help us, but we really don't know how to dip our toe into it. And so when we look at these practical things that we're doing day in and day out, which is all about risk, every single day manufacturers are talking about risk, then then it really brings out um, not only the comfort level, but but that brainstorm of capability on how we can leverage that digital transformation to reduce um, or make risk more intelligent um, with greater control um, and more information. So how they how they move the needle is to really embrace this technology and understand that value day in and day out of of what all of these risk based decisions um, are playing within the company and the manufacturing processes. So, so true. And I think it brings to the fore just reflecting on what you were saying there as well. I'm going to go back to that word holistic, but I, I do think it's really, really vital here that when we're talking about digital transformation in manufacturing, but frankly, in, in, in all verticals, really, it's a, it's a technology question, absolutely, and particularly areas like reducing complexity, um, improving integration, ensuring visibility as well. I think they're right mm -hmm. up there in probably the top three areas around technology at the moment, but also the fact that so many other areas too, it has to be the right kind of culture to embrace the technology you were talking about there, to, to, to experiment a little bit in the right way too, but also the right change management approach. So, you know, you want to be more agile around change. So CICD, for example, would be a really good fit here um, but also things around skills access, but also the skills confidence to apply them to, which I think sometimes gets left behind. So it's all those different areas coming together that really enables that impact. So it's lovely that we're kind of giving a flavour, should we say, of all those different pieces, too. So really, really interesting. Um, and I know, I know we're short, we're short for time. I think we could go for another, we could go for another hour on this, Becky, honestly. But um, as a way to leave our conversation today, now I always like to, to make it tangible, um, if we can, in, in terms of sharing something that might be actionable, um, in terms of people to reflect upon today. So it could be, for example, something you should have, you know, as a standing agenda, should we say, in the boardroom right now. It could be a new focus area to think about to perhaps get ahead of change. Um, mm -hmm. or just a kind of key learning point that you've seen or work with your customers with to help them when they're going through these digital transformation processes. So if you'd like to pick something there for people to reflect on now or to action now, to think about now, to take away, that would be a fantastic kind of place to end it, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For me, it really boils down to culture and, and creating that culture of change. And so if I were in the boardroom today, um, I would ask the executives to think about how am I going to to mobilize or think differently when it comes to digital solutions and digital transformation. You know, when you think about what's happening with the ability of, you know, having machine learning and artificial intelligence, it's about control and it's being able to give up that control, which again goes back to my earlier point of we have to look at this differently. We have to throw our old processes out the window. And that starts with that philosophy up at the very top in the boardroom. So I would say, you know, how are we going to 
do things differently today? How are we going to look at technology in this company and create business outcomes? Um, so really, it's it's I think that that mindset, that philosophy that has to be reiterated over and over, kind of that mantra, um, because we tend to, of course, go back into our old ways and, and we just can't do that. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is you can't do nothing anymore. <laughs> you have to start moving forward. So as scary as it is, you have to move forward because. Uh, ultimately, you will become a dinosaur, and and we we know what happened to them. So, um, Sally, certainly appreciate you having me today. Loved the conversation, um, and uh, I'll turn it back over to you. Oh, my absolute pleasure. I, I'm just really thinking about what you said there. Is there is no room for liminal space? You can't stay still. You can't do nothing. You have to move ahead. I love that. And also, I just want to echo a couple of things that came up in the conversation too, um, in terms of you know, what you don't have to do is important too. I think that's so, so true. And maybe another kind of aspect of that is about learning and education. You know, it's important to be able to unlearn things too. Um, yeah. I think that's another you know, really important piece, technology and education side by side, but bringing them together, it's that mindset, it's mindset, isn't it? It really is. It's right up there, Becky. So thank you for bringing that to the fore as well. Because again, that holistic approach to digital transformation, I think is absolutely key. So Thank you so much for joining us here on Tomorrow Today. It's been a pleasure to have you here. It really has. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And thank you all as well for watching and listening to our show too. And also just to follow up on some of the things that have come up in our conversation today, we'll be sharing links and more information around the State of Smart Manufacturing Report, the eighth edition that's come through from Rockwell, and also just some of the case studies and also useful resources of some of the areas that come up in our topic discussion today. So you can follow up on those too. So please check those out and check us out soon for another episode coming up next week. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tomorrow's Tech Today. If you enjoy what we're doing, please subscribe to us and leave a review. It really means a lot. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram and see more behind the scenes video footage on YouTube. Thanks for listening.